0: Everybody the Sales Never Fails podcast. This is your host, Steve Kramer. You can follow us at TNF underscore podcast. And I'm joined today by Parker Hurley. Parker, how are you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing good, man. Getting into the 11th team in our, uh, so <clears throat> far we're going through the draft order, picking out some team needs for everybody. Um, and the Bengals might be one of the most fascinating this offseason.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Looking at their cap space going to spot rack, it's like a little bit over $51 million, but they did. After 16 years, move on from Marvin Lewis, uh, 16 seasons for Marv, 7 playoff appearances. Um, as everyone knows, no playoff wins. Um, but we can start here with uh, the quarterbacks. and Do you want to talk a little bit about what we talked about um, before we went on air here about um, the Andy Dalton situation?
1: Yeah, the Andy Dalton situation is obviously interesting because... Um, the way that I kind of I described it on their uh, season preview podcast we actually had the bengals pretty nailed last season because we even were betting on them very early into the season um, if you don't listen to our podcast it's more of a gambling podcast but um we were betting on them early into the season saying yeah they have some talent but when things start to slowly, Breakdown around Andy Dalton. Um, we're gonna see Andy Dalton's true colors, and I kind of compared the Bengals to the—I know not people may not like it—but the Clippers in terms of like you know Andy Dalton's kind of Blake Griffin, Marv's like CP3. They're both pretty good at what they do and, like, they can get to the playoffs, but they can't get over the hump, and at some point, you kind of just got to break away, you know, and the way you look at it, even with the Clippers, you know, and this kind of happened after I said it on that podcast, I believe, but, um, you know, first CP3 goes, and then Blake Griffin goes. You know, they both kind of, you. at the end of the day, you kind of just break away from both of them, because I think you realize that, you know, it's a little bit of both of them at the end of the day, you know, and um, I think that the first break was, you know, Marv Lewis moving on from him. I'm pretty sure he's not even going to be in the front office, which is something that I actually thought was going to happen. But um, that just shows, in my opinion, that you're making a clean break, you know, just completely breaking away from it. And I do believe that Andy Dalton is going to come pretty soon because it's a very similar situation here. Um, and you look at his dead cap, um, there's there's no dead cap right now. So you could trade him. You could cut him. You could do a lot of things with Andy Dalton. I think they're going to trade him, you know, because you could get something back for him. And there's going to be teams that are going to look and say, hey, we could take on that contract. So, um, you know, Andy Dalton is not the worst quarterback, but I think... If you're starting over, which I really do believe the Bengals are, you know, that's not where like Dalton is a good place to keep your head above water. I think they kind of want to sink down, scoop up some assets and then kind of, you know, swim back up to the top a little bit. So I don't think, you know, just swimming with your head above water with a guy like Andy Dalton is necessarily the uh, best idea. We talked about how it's interesting that um, Zach Taylor for the majority, I think it's from like 08 to 2015 had spent a lot of time with Ryan Tannehill. Um, It was like 08 to 11. He was with Tannehill on Texas A&M, went straight to Miami with Tannehill from 012 to like 15. He was a quarterbacks coach and he was a quarterbacks coach for the Rams with Jared Goff. Um, you know, just coming. That's where he pretty much came from, but he has a lot of connection to Ryan Tannehill. They're going to move on. Um, I, Tannehill is a guy that, you know, you signed for a one-year contract, you know, because there's um, there's absolutely no risk. Nobody really wants Tannehill at this point, you know, based off of he has some injury issues. Um, he hasn't gotten along with any of his coaches except for, you know, a guy like Zach Taylor. So, you know, it just seems like uh, Tannehill is a really smart fit. I know there's been some smoke in the media about it too. So, um, I would honestly almost bank on, you know, the, I think I think they go for Tannehill this year. If it blows up in their face and they go two and 14, they say, you know what? We were just in, you know, the whoever, two or, you know, whoever quarterback sweepstakes for the 2020, you know, we weren't happy with the 2019 class. We're going to go get one in 2020, but I think it could be Tannehill. I mean, I think they're going to draft a quarterback, you know, maybe even in the second round. Um, but I do think that, you know, like I said, if it doesn't go the way they plan this year, they're kind of like, how oh, we knew all along, you know, we we're, were set up for a great draft pick here, um, you know, because we knew Tannehill was was not the long-term option and that's how I think they could get Tannehill reasonably cheap with no long-term ties and they could get something back for Dalton so I think it's like a clean break to move on from both
0: yeah absolutely moving on to running back Joe Mixon definitely uh, balled out last year and ended up drafting Mark Walton they still have Gio Bernard on the books but would you do anything about that?
1: I personally believe they're going to cut Giovanni Bernard. Um, it mainly comes down to the fact that they drafted Mark Walton last year, and Mark Walton stylistically is very similar to Giovanni Bernard. You look at Giov- Giovanni's dead cap, I think they could save like 375 this offseason by letting go of him, and I know they're not going to extend him, and it's something that, you know, uh, the Bengals have, I know it's, you know, different front office, everything like that, but this is, goes all the way to ownership, that this is something that they do, is they draft a year early to, you know, get that guy some, some acclimation, and then they replace him, you know, you even saw it go wrong for the Bengals, as we're going to get into their offensive line, in terms of, you know, they let go of Whitworth, and, uh, I think it was Andre Smith maybe at the, at the left and right tackles, but they replaced them with, you know, Ag- Agbwehi and uh, Jake Fisher. And despite the fact that, you know, neither Jake Fisher or Agbwehi showed anything, you know, to say that, you know, we should move on from a guy like Whitworth, that's how the Bengals operate. You get to a certain age, you're demand or you demanding a certain amount of money, we're going to get rid of you. I think it's, you know, and they drafted season early to kind of show you that they're going to do that. Um, and they did it with those guys. And like I said, despite the fact that, Walton didn't show anything to show that he can replace Geo necessarily... Um, neither did Igwehi, and neither did Jake Fisher. And I think they still think along. Um, they're a cheaper organization, you know. They always have been. Um, I know some people don't want to hear it, but that's true. They just they trend towards one of the cheapest organizations in the NFL, and that's one of the things that they do. Is you know we're going to save three point seven five with Gio Mark Walton makes you know what seven hundred thousand, and we think we can get the similar production if Mark takes that step forward. So I feel like you know, and they could potentially, if they really don't like Mark Walton, um, you know, just draft somebody, and you know, it's going to be a similar price as mark walton so i definitely think geo's gone but yeah joe mixon is also like you said he's the workhorse anyways so the big thing with zach taylor i'm looking for is joe mixon in the passing game more often they should really use him in the passing game more
0: yeah you talked about that i think like every week that they were yeah. like, oh like they started throwing joe mixon like wow he can catch like yeah i mean he can do everything
1: right yeah i love joe mixon so i feel like the idea is he'll be the workhorse next year so what do you need Giovanni for and there's some Mark Walton already there so um like I said maybe in like the sixth round you add another guy but I think that's for the most part what they're going to do
0: yeah I mean like you know if they either, either if they go with Dalton or bring in someone like Tannehill and then um running backs looks pretty set you know looking at the wide receivers as well um they're probably going to need to extend AJ Green but the Wide receiver group, you know, John Ross showed a little bit last year. Tyler Boyd made a huge step, um, and they have some depth pieces behind them as well.
1: Yeah, so wide receiver isn't like the biggest need in my opinion. Um, um, like you said, I, I think you extend AJ Green, clean break, everything like that. I'm not, I'm not buying that with a guy like AJ Green. You know, I think he's the type of player that you keep around and try and win a Super Bowl with, you know, for the rest of his career. So, um, I keep, you keep a guy like AJ Green. I think you probably do extend him this off season and that could, you know, spare you a few million dollars here in the short term. You know, you save a little bit next year to extend him in the long term. Um, and I think you extend Tyler Boyd too. And I forget, someone was saying that, um, you know, based on last or whatever receiver class that Boyd was in, um, it's a pretty decent receiver class. So, um, it's kind of like, oh, like Michael Thomas is a guy like that. Like you want to yeah. sign Tyler Boyd before Michael Thomas gets signed. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how you have to be thinking about it, especially if you're a team, like I said, like the Bengals. Um, you Because I know Tyler Boyd isn't going to demand Michael Thomas money, but Thomas will reset the market and all of a sudden everybody gets a bump up. You know, so that's just, that's the type of situation where I really think they're going to extend Tyler Boyd this season. Because even when AJ went down, um, Tyler Boyd outside and in the slot was able to make it work. I think he's a legitimate Receiver um, as like a perfect number two, and like like I said, he can shift into the slot with AJ Green. Uh, The big thing is, you know, can you get a little bit more out of John Brown? Um, He actually, or not John Brown, John Ross, um, similar player in terms of, you know, they take the top off. Um, Ross had a few touchdowns, but he also has some injury questions. Um, Those lingered, you know, those were even there before he was picked in the top 10. So. Yeah, right. He's had, he's had some injury issues um, his whole entire career. So he would be a nice, a perfect third piece. You know, he's, he's a speedy guy, can take the top off, um, brings a lot of safety attention. But how can you give safety attention when A.J. Green can do everything? And then Tyler Boyd can just chew up the middle of the field. Um, and a guy like Joe Mixon, if he's in the passing game. A little. So, you know, you have all the pieces there. Um, even if when you start to look at their depth, um, Alex Erickson is the perfect slot receiver in terms of if John Ross doesn't make it, we have a little slot receiver in Alex Erickson, and we put Tyler Boyd on the outside and AJ on the outside. We have some physical presences on the outside. You can make that work. Josh Malone is a big body receiver. Not the fastest receiver, but he can stretch the field. So same thing. If John Ross doesn't work, you got that. Cody Core, special teamer, Alden Tate, um, not very athletic, but that's where I'm saying like they have enough depth and talent on the entire um, Roster, I think, you know, what, your starting three, Ross Green, Boyd, you got Malone, Erickson It's kind of your very next guys, and Cody Core is in the mix. So they have no need for a receiver whatsoever, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, they're all right there. Um, we can move on to where they are going to have to make some decisions. Uh, a tight end. They got, you know, Eifert's been bent. Whenever Eifert was healthy, he was one of the best offensive, you know, in terms of pass catching, tight ends in the NFL. Um, easy UFA, Tyler Croft UFA. CJ Ozoma, UFA. Um, you know they don't really have anyone on the uh, on the roster for '19 that stands out, so they're gonna have to make some moves here.
1: Yeah, I don't see much in terms of that either. I think Tyler Eifert is one of those players you kind of just make the break from, say, you know, it just didn't work out with us. You have the injury questions. Um, He might get a one-year deal from someone for a little bit of money next year, you know, just someone who needs him and could take that risk. But um, I don't think it's going to be the Bengals. I do think Tyler Croft and Uzoma, they potentially try and bring them back. The question is, did Uzoma create himself a market? Because I thought he was decent last year. Um, I don't think Croft has much of a market and he's a perfect depth tight end. So you bring him back, But yeah, you need it. Even if you bring back Uzoma and Croft, I think you still need a tight end in terms of, you know, um, a bigger name. I keep throwing out, you know, the dude from Iowa and like as one of like the top 15 pick. I could see it. So um, he makes sense for the Bengals, too. But uh, I think they have some other needs as well because you're so set at wide receiver. You know, you could almost go four wide, but you need a tight end big time in terms of uh yeah, just I, I think a number one because Croft and Uzoma could be like a two and a three, or Croft could be your two, but you I think you need a big a bigger name at tight end.
0: Yeah, and uh moving on, you know, basically like everybody up front, like the other line was you know, was decent at some points last year, but um yeah, they have a ton of UFAs going now. A lot of guys that were busting, they're probably not gonna bring back. Can we talk about the offensive line a little bit?
1: Yeah, this is another one where they could definitely add to it, um... They obviously traded for Cordy Glenn last season, wasn't necessarily great, but he's going to start at left tackle next season, and they drafted Billy Price in the first round. Billy Price had some injury questions as well, but he's going to, you know, he's your starting center in the first round. Um, Christian Westerman, um, I know he didn't really start last season or wasn't like a main piece, but every time he plays, he plays really well, and I would like to see Christian Westerman in a starting spot, so I think you got three guys right there. And then Clint Bowling, I know it's his last season, but he's going to be playing for money i think the bengals are going to draft to replace him you know like they typically do but nonetheless he's going to start next season and there's four starters right there so you're saying okay we got four starters but you look to you know like you said with some of your depth players um or your un- undre- unrestricted free agents, uh, Boy, He and Fisher already talked about them. They're, they've both been busts in terms of everything that you thought they could be. Um, and you know, one neither of them could really start over Bobby Hart. And you know, Bobby Hart's been so poor for them. Bobby Hart's been their hugest weakness. I think if you bring back Bobby Hart, you bring him back as, or if you bring back any of these three, you bring them back as your backup right tackle um because like none of these three could work out and that's why Andre Smith who you know like I said you let him go what two or three years ago thinking you know we're ready to move on from Andre Smith you know he's age 30 and now you're bringing him back at age 32 and looking for you know to get some starts out of him like that's how bad you are at right tackle and that's where um you push off you know okay tight ends in need but like right tackle is the biggest need right now in terms of you know like I said I think the quarterback swapper they're going to you know, potentially change quarterbacks, but you really, to solidify this offensive line, you really need a right tackle. Um, Trey Hopkins and Alex Redmond. I mean, I don't think you bring back either of them. You could bring back Hopkins in terms of you need some depth. I'm not fully investing into Westerman as he's a starter, don't need anything else, you know, there. They can get some depth in that regard, but, like, you need a right tackle. And I don't think it's any of he Fisher, or Hart or Andre Smith. I don't think it's any of those four. I think if you bring back any of those four, one, it's a bad sign, two, it's a sign that, um... They should both, they should be in a depth rotational backup role. And I think that's the type of money the Bengals would offer them. So to see them back in that just shows that nobody wants any of those guys, you know, so that's, that's where they are in the offensive line. Not bad. Um, The guards are questionable, obviously, and that's where you're going to draft some depth for it for the future. But um, yeah, they need a right tackle right now.
0: And they have, you know, they have a little bit of capital. so They could definitely bring some. They need to use some draft capital on it, but you know, they could also bring in a free agent or two at um, tight end and offensive line. Um, that really rounds out the offense. We can move on to the defensive side, where they have, in my opinion, some more playmakers. Um, but definitely some decisions to make here as well. Starting on the line, you know, still got those anchors and Atkins, Dunlap coming back. Um, they have Adolphus Washington and Michael Johnson as free agents, I'm not sure if they're going to bring either one of those back. I read a little bit about um, them being interested in bringing Adolphus Washington back, um, but they have some depth pieces beyond that, so the defensive line for them definitely looks like the strength of their entire team.
1: Right. The big thing is that they invested in their defensive line. And I think they got some steps forward on their defensive line. Um, it obviously, um, you know, they started to lose guys to injuries, and that's when it really started to fall apart um, on their defensive side of the ball. But you kind of look moving forward to next year, you know, Dunlap, um, Atkins... Uh, you know, a guy like Billings probably would be a nose tackle right next to Atkins, and that makes sense, and then hopefully getting, you know, Carl Lawson back from injury, you kind of have four guys right there, and then you say, okay, well, Sam Hubbard, and um, Sam Hubbard was nice because he could play a little bit of some Sam, you know, he could play off the ball, he could also, he's he was mainly a, you know, 4-3 defensive end at Ohio State, but Cincinnati played him a little bit of Sam, so that's where, um, and I know they wanted to play Carl Lawson a little bit of Sam, too, um, and he didn't play that at all at Auburn either so I mean I guess the big thing you have to say um before we get into any of this is they don't have a defensive coordinator so we have no like we don't necessarily know what they're gonna do but I think that like the big thing is Sam Hubbard um is versatile you know I don't know how versatile Carl Lawson is we I think we knew Sam Hubbard was versatile um Jordan Willis really good depth in terms of he can play um on the ball or as that defensive end as well so you know you have some depth in terms of you know defensive um on your edge you probably have like Dunlap Willis um Sam Hubbard and Carl Lawson all can put their hand down and rush the passer some defensive tackle you know you have Jordan Atkins um, Andrew Billings and Ryan Glasgow, you know, when Glasgow went down from injury, you had some, um, issues in terms of your depth. And I think Billings had some injury questions as well, but those are, that's good depth. And like you said, if you bring back Adolphus, that's pretty much all you need. Um, a guy like Andrew Brown, um, I think you drafted him or yeah, I think he was a late round draft pick to, um, slide into the Michael Johnson role, which is, um, a bit of like he's an oversized D end. He's an undersized D tackle on third down. He can play on the interior Um, on early downs. He can defend the run. So, I mean, I think they keep him around just based on um, that's the type of role that they would like for him. But I think Jordan Willis could slide into that role too. So yeah, I mean, you look at this and you say, okay, the Bengals are cheap. Um, They need, like you said, tight tackle. They need guard depth. They need tight end. Um, They're not, I don't think they're doing anything on this position at this point. Yeah.
0: um, Moving on to the level behind that linebacker. Um, you know, they still have Vontez under contract. They could make a decision there and save some money. Um, I know you liked Nick Vigil a little bit last year, just from listening to our podcast. you still got Malik Jefferson coming back. Um, at The UFAs, Preston Brown, Vincent Ray. Um, what do you think they're going to do at linebacker?
1: The big thing with Vigil that I like stress a lot with them is that nobody else can play coverage (laughs) like they don't they have a bunch of good run stuffers and then there's Nick Vigil who could play and like defend running backs in coverage they had nobody once Nick Vigil went down they just had nobody and teams were just throwing it to the flats and there was just nobody on their roster who could go and get the football so um, this is a big need for them you know and this is one of those where Vontez Perfect you just make a clean break Um, I railed on him a lot in the podcast in terms of um, he came back from his injury and he came back a little bit out of shape. He came back calling out coaches. He came back pouting on the sideline. And, you know, it's just all culminated together and said, you know, of all the players, of Dalton, of Marv, of everybody, I think it's time to move on from perfect I know you save five mil this year, but then you save nine mil next year. It's just time. I don't think he's good for, you know, young players. I don't think he's good for a guy like Malik Jefferson, who didn't take any steps whatsoever this season. And, you know, Malik came in, you know, so raw. But what did I say? You know, he could run and chase. You know, at least you got that going for Malik Jefferson. But I don't, you know, Marv didn't trust him um, from the neck up, even to get him on the field at all, really. I mean, or he didn't play much whatsoever. And when he did, he looked completely lost. So, I mean, that's where you look and say, I mean, I don't think Malik Jefferson took any steps. And Vontez is, you know, your your, your veteran, the guy who's supposed to be the leader of the group. Like, you're not getting anything out of Vontez, in my opinion. So you save $5 million there. Um, You know, Malik and Vigil... I I both think that they can play in coverage. Um, Jordan Evans is a special teams player. Hardy Nickerson is a special teams player. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, and they can both play the run if they were forced to, but, like, those are your starters, you know, because you have absolutely nothing on the roster. So you need, they need linebacker um, more than any team. You know, they just need linebacker in the worst way. Um, Yeah, whether it be free agency, anything. You save five mil from Vontez. you put that right back into the linebacker fund and try and upgrade over Vontez.
0: Yeah, moving on to the back end of the defense. Um definitely bring back the Mike nice <laughs> Playmakers at uh corner. Um safety's still some question marks. Um I know they drafted Jesse Bates. Um
1: what do you think they're gonna
0: make any decisions here? I know that uh Denard's gonna be a UFA and he'll probably find a market, so I doubt that the Bengals will compete with that. But what do you think they'll do in the secondary?
1: Yeah, the big issue is (laughs) you need a defensive coordinator to start making some of these decisions, you know. Um, And you just don't have—I don't know what the direction of their defense is. I think because, like you said, and because, like I said, they're a cheaper organization. Darquez Denard is fine, but he's going to make more money on an open market than a team like the Bengals would want to give him. And I think a team like the Bengals would look at Darius Phillips and say— He ended his season on the IR, but he put in eight starts. Um, We drafted him, like, the fifth round. Like I said, they're a team that they'll draft players to replace players just like that, and they won't be too, too scared of it. So um, I think Darius Phillips could potentially enter the season as your slot starter. Um, With Dre Kirkpatrick and... um William Jackson, you know, I think everybody likes William Jackson so far for what he's done. Um, he had an excellent season in 2017, maybe took a step back in 2018, but I think that was everything around him took a step back in 2018. Drake Kirkpatrick, I mean, I don't know. I would, I personally would probably look into, um, you could save 6 million this year. Um, but he, I also think you could, um, you could save, like, $11 million in 2020, and there's, like, no dead cap after this year, so this could be his last year with the team. I don't necess- I don't like the way that he ended um, the season you know, just like his, uh, I don't know, the way that he played on the field. I don't like the way that he ended his season last year. And I don't think he may be as a player that, you know, when you're cutting things clean for the Bengals, maybe he's a guy that you get rid of. But like I said, I have no idea what the direction of their defense is. And they're going to have to invest so much in linebacker that maybe they keep Dre one more year, um, see if he can, you know, fit with this new coordinator. And if he doesn't, then you just cut clean. But Um, Like you said, Jesse Bates, they drafted him to play free safety, and that was a good selection by them. Um, Sean Williams should probably, you know, be their strong safety moving forward, and Clayton Fajedalum, I think I actually nailed that one, (laughs) is going to be their, you know, third guy, box guy, downhill guy, um, play special teams, but... Yeah, I mean, you could. I think you could cut Kirkpatrick and look to drafting, you know, a young cornerback to move next to William Jackson because you're going to extend William Jackson. But I think you could do that, and I think Darius Phillips could play some slot. But there, so there's a potential need for some secondary. But the most of what you're going to do on defense is just looking into um, into linebacker and then figuring out an identity with Zach Taylor, who your quarterback is, everything like that on offense.
0: Yeah, I mean. They need to start with the D.C., and they definitely have some decisions that they're going to have to make. But like we were talking about, it's probably going to be a little bit of a reboot here. Uh, but they do have some pieces they can build around.
1: Yeah, the uh, the big thing is you don't get a guy like Zach Taylor and say, you know, he's going to turn around in one year. Because um, we're, I was saying most of these coaches... Um, He's the biggest unknown, I would say, of of all these head coaching hires. So you don't get a guy like him, and you don't have, you know, um, whatever, if you change it over with Andy Dalton, if you do break clean from Perfect, if you do make some of these moves, you know, Eifert's probably moving on. Um, You don't call it after one year, so I mean, I could see them, even if they regress and win, saying, okay, we're fine, you know, we're going to regroup with Zach Taylor. Um, Like I said, if it fails with um, Tannehill, okay, we've got the second pick and we're drafting a quarterback, second overall, you know, this is the actual regime, you know, so I don't see it being... um, I don't see an urgency to win. I see an urgency to start, you know, figure out who the heck your uh, defensive coordinator is. You know, I forgot that, um, you know, I didn't think that this close to, you know, the combine that we would, um, I wouldn't know a team's defensive coordinator. So um, we'll see about that.
0: Yeah. um, That about does it for the Bengals podcast. Um, They were at pick 11 and we'll be moving on to the Packers next. But yeah, Bengals fans are listening to this. We're going to be doing the positional breakdown of guys for the draft after the combine, so definitely check those out. But Parks, do you have anything you want to add?
1: No, that's it. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys then. Uh, definitely listen to those because, like I said, uh, we're gonna do um, at the end. We're gonna kind of do uh, what are three you know team fits for this player, and you know if listen and see if the Bengals are one of those fits.
0: Yep, absolutely. Catch you guys next time.